give that shit up, you can concentrate on golf. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Great moments are born from great opportunity. You play ball like a girl! Hi everybody and welcome to a Roy Orbison Tattoo Podcast with me, Colm, and my co-hosts, Massey and Paul. This is another special episode where we are watching a Netflix and YouTube TV sensation, Cobra Kai. If it was your first time listening, I would advise to go back to the start and listen from episode 1, as we will refer to previous shows from time to time. This show does contain spoilers, so if you have not yet seen the TV show, I would advise watching it first. It might help you understand a little bit better, and you will enjoy it. Now for today's show, I hope you enjoy. Right, welcome everybody. Welcome Paul and Massey. Hello, James Colin. Very good, and today we are discussing... Cobra Kai, Netflix's uh, most popular show at the moment. So, thoughts on the show, Massey? First of all, it's a YouTube show from about two years ago. Okay. That was out. And I think we actually mentioned it in the last Karate Kid one. And we did. The first episode was absolutely rubbish. But after that, it develops a little bit better than that. But um, it's actually a brilliant flashback to the film, though, isn't it? Like To the original Karate Kid. Yeah, it's absolutely top quality from start to finish, episode one to ten. There's, I wouldn't go that far now, Paul. Well, I would. End of story. It's class. It, it, it tells us the real story about the Karate Kid rather than the, the the silly angle of it from Daniel LaRusso side of things. He's not Daniel LaRusso in the original Karate Kid wasn't a strong enough character to carry the film. So is that, is that why Mr. Miyagi was in it? Yeah, look, he's 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 not a key man. Doesn't have the ability to 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 pull his team out of the out of the fire. Now we're just gonna talk about episodes one to ten here, series one. So don't get ahead of ourselves for any spoilers, okay? No, we won't. Okay. Like um, I, th- I thought, I thought just on on the show, like I thought it actually episode one was actually very good. I thought it gave you a right good insight into it. Um, but like it was probably. I don't know which episode is the seven, six or seven. Um, I think it could have been seven actually. When he was explaining to Miguel, I suppose he the background with Larusso and how he was in love with Ali, and then this fella, this fella came into town and was hitting on her. And he gave Johnny a cheap shot at the beach, and then he soaked him inside in the toilet, and then he got an old man to beat him up. And it was uh, it was interesting the way that I suppose I suppose we've talked about it before about how you can see two very different perspectives of the same events and how they both think that they were probably right or both wrong at the same time. But I suppose for for him, he's uh, obviously feels very aggrieved by the the life Daniel had. It's it's like um, when you're watching a match or you're involved in a match and you think the referee's doing your team. And then the opposite side, I'd be probably thinking the exact same thing for different reasons. Yeah, and, and here, that's just a selfishness thing where people are only looking at things from their side of it and they, they only care about the outcome as it's, as it's shaped by them. Like. And that's, yeah. that, that, that is a human experience. And it's few and far between that, that people actually look at things objectively in, the, in, in them scenarios, you know? Isn't it? The winners of war write the history books. The other thing, do you know what it reminded me of now a little bit? The, the TV shows that went through the episodes. It's like, it's like two people from rival clubs who just hate each other. But they probably have more in common 
than you think. And they're probably the exact same, except they're just from the club down the road. And you just grow up despising them, even though they could be the exact same as you. Yeah, I suppose you could see that in the, I think it was episode nine, when they were, the, the bar scene, when he, when he was giving them the car. And yeah. They went to the to the bar and they were drinking and they were talking and they were kind of having a laugh about it, and you could see that it kind of came to a few stages where they could have been friends, but yeah. there was always a chip on the shoulder and I suppose an abruptness to I suppose not leave things play out. To, there was a bit of a jump to gun, you know. Johnny overreacted when he seen Robbie inside in. Miyagi do. No, we might um, just hold that back a little bit. We won't talk about positive and negatives just yet okay. because we're going to have a little twist on tonight's show. Um, we're going to debate the two characters and then we're going to decide at the end who was the better coach. Who was coaching so tonight? We'll see that later on. So we'll see how it plays out, Paul. Right, send, it, send it to the crowd, to the public. We may do. Now, so we're asking who was a better coach? I've, unless you want to well, make it a, something else. Here, Johnny was the better coach in the story, like this. Why so? Hold a second. No, no, we'll hold that back now a second. We'll just talk about the show for a little bit longer. So the show, I thought the show progressed brilliantly. And I thought it was like at the start, I was like seeing how many minutes is this episode. And I was delighted when I think it was the third episode, it was only 20 minutes. Oh, thank God I'm not to wait half an hour and watch it. But it grew me and I'm looking forward to looking at the second episode, second series. You're very cynical of it, Bossy. Oh, no, I just have to, you know, just tell you as I see it. Yeah, like as I said, look, I, I think it was I think it was actually very good and I thought the whole thing from start to finish was good. And I thought the character development was, was very I suppose look, that was the main part of the show was the character development and how Johnny evolved and like you could kind of see towards towards as it went on, he was like as you Colin, mentioned well ago. Colin, bring yeah. you back, you're a Daniel man. You're a Daniel man tonight. Okay, Massey. For the debate. Daniel Paul Paul. You're a Johnny man. Yeah, well, look, I suppose what I was getting to was that I think I think Johnny was trying to aspire to be like Daniel and that he was, uh, at the end of it, you could see the, the bit of empathy he had um, going away from the no mercy. So I thought it was an interesting development and it'd be interesting to see how it evolves even further into season two. Yeah, maybe better. Paul might Paul might delve about this a little bit more. Okay, do you want to start, guys? We go... Uh... Rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first or chooses who goes first. One. What is it? Rock, no, it? rock no, paper, no, scissors, go. No, no, strike four, strike hard, no mercy. I'm going first. One, two, three, go. Uh, two, four fingers sticking at me there. One, two, three, go. Uh, Colin wins. You decide, Colin, Colin to go first or second? Paul can go first. Seeing as he is the, as he says, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. So, so, so what's this? I, I need to outline why Johnny's the best coach, is it? Yeah. Okay. Like, there's, there's absolutely no debate in this. Is, is, is for like a, I think any of our listeners will agree that Johnny is the, the key protagonist in, in the, in the whole show, and it's from his perspective, and it's an enjoyable perspective because it's without all the fluff that is, typically associated with some of the coaching that goes on now, nowadays. But the main point about why he's the best coach is his devotion, uh, the devotion of Miguel to him. Like, there was there was a couple of lines in it where there was two in, in one episode where he goes, he's, he's not a bum, he's my sensei. And it was real corny, but it was right. And he's, he's not a loser, he's a great man. And then the way he described him after the he won the All-Valley Championship, just... Again, it was it was dedicated to Johnny, and Johnny did really 
change the whole life of Miguel and some of the other lads in it. And like we'll say how he dealt with Hawk. So like obviously he gave Hawk a bit of a difficult time initially surrounding the lip situation and he was he was quite quick to throw out um derogatory terms, but it was character building derogatory terms. It was always said with a, a small little bit of affection and it was said to their faces rather than behind their back or or whatever. So he's very much upfront. Everything with Johnny is as it seems. And like he said to to Hawk, well, he wasn't Hawk at the at the time. Eli. He said Eli, yeah. He says to Eli, you need to flip this you, you need to flip the script. And he ended up doing that, becoming a better man, uh, well, becoming a different version of himself. So he he instilled a lot of confidence in him there. He he that that's just one point about how he just really developed his students and they really they really bought into him. The innovation of his training, it was all about building building character and strength in people. Like the time he pushed him into the swimming pool and they broke into the the, the centre there at night and he had to kick his way out of it and that was his way of of building up the the kicking by giving I suppose limitations on other on on his arms etc. There was the baseball pitching machine again dangerous but building up the skills that are required and then there was the the bit of work they done in the junkyard etc. It was actually a great uh, great song to that scene I think it was by Twisted Sister. Really good song, actually. It's an old tune of it there. And um, I, we're not going to take it. You know that one? No. no. Mossy's Mossy's the the jingle merchant. Now I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in, in, impacting him. I like his philosophy around attack is the best form of defense, and it was attack, attack, attack all the time. You know, and that was that was really impressive. I also felt throughout it, he you could see that. He was vulnerable at times, and like there was the time Dimitri kind of slagged him off about him not being a teacher and having no power, and you could see that upset him. And like every every time something negative happened to him, it was just etched across his face, um, and like it, it just that element of there's just nothing hidden with him. Everything is is up front. Like he he didn't steal a hardness into lads. Like one of me one of my favorite lines was. Um, when Miguel went and used his uh, inhaler, he goes, asthma? Asthma and peanut allergies and leave all the rest, of, leave them things and that, you're made of bullshit at the door before you come in here, you know? Um, <laughs> and like, th- there was just, there was a load of really good, good ones. Now, some of it went too far, like, don't mind any of that concussion nonsense. And there, there was plenty of that, but look, it was really entertaining and, Miguel, his main student, was really a strong character throughout the four series that that he built up. And like even when he talked about Miguel and his and his ring tone, and he ended up Miguel ended up changing it to an eighties an eighties song, and he ended up down a rabbit hole checking out stuff. So, and you know, I think they all learned off each other. It was it was a good relationship they were in. Like there was loads of funny little one liners throughout it. Like what. That would be that would be my opinion on why Johnny is better than Daniel Larusso. Uh, do you want to speak about any of Johnny's coaching? Actually, no. Like, I think just uh, Paul. I think that himself and Miguel actually made a good partnership. And there was times when Miguel was actually coaching Johnny in life, 
where he was telling them, you know, about the time even when he was getting trying to get the team into the the All Valley Championships. Um, the anniversary. That he was, you know, he was telling them what he should do. Like, don't get under and punch in your face. This is what you do, you know. And it was numerous times that Miguel was actually able to help Johnny as much as Johnny helped Miguel, you know. Yeah, and the fact that Johnny was open to receiving that help was was an important thing. Like, it was very much a two-way relationship rather than, yes, it might seem that he was a strong coach, but he was open to to going about things in, in, a, in a modern in a modern manner at times, you know. Like, in regard to his coach, like, I talked about the, the innovation, Mossy, and, like, also, he was quite vivid in, in, in terms of his, the, his description of the violence he wanted to be inflicted on the dummy in the, in the dojo, you know around it if you hit him here you break his nose if you hit him here you smash his teeth if you hit him here you damage his trachea but that's only needed sometimes like okay okay we'll move on to column there for his uh daniel larusso well like is there anything he disagrees with there surrounding johnny we'll get, back. We'll get to that we'll get to that don't worry paul we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll let, let column speak yeah like I, I think i think in fairness i think daniel's he, his coaching is limited until I think it was episode seven or episode six is when when Robbie and Robbie started to care inside and in the showroom and kind of from that then it kind of built you know and even that evening was the first encounter we would have had of it when Robbie was conned into taking the magazine over to Daniel's house. And Larusa was was practicing his uh, kanta, which which is the it's the foundation of karate, as he said. And from that, he was able to build a relationship with with Robbie. So over the course of the sort of next three episodes, then you know there was one sequence at the start of, of episode seven where he he you know there was a lesson for everything Robbie did in the, at work. There was a lesson out of you know so putting up the flag rather than just pulling it with your from your shoulders, you're using the whole body kind of thing. Um and cleaning the window, doing doing the car jack, washing the car, brushing up, waxing the cars, even using the staple gun. There was a lesson for everything that he could use, you know. And as he said himself, this is the part he loved. And for him, I suppose it was bringing an awful lot back to the time that he spent with Mr. Miyagi that he did all that mundane stuff as as he would have perceived it at the time. But when he was able to show Robbie the skills that he was learning, the muscle memory he was after gaining and how that benefits karate. Uh, he was, you know, Robbie was able to sort of buy into it, you know, and other things like that. I'd, I'd like, I think I know something we talk about an awful lot as coaches is that a lot of players, when they become coaches, they, they do what was done with them. And sometimes it can be good, like Mr. Miyagi's coaching, or sometimes it can be poor, which is increases, decreases coaching. And, I suppose, as a coach, have they adapted themselves? Have they challenged themselves? Have they looked at other methods in the meantime? And Daniel probably didn't, you know. Everything he did was stuff that Mr. Miyagi did with him. But from our perception and what we would have perceived when we have seen the karate kid, that was good stuff. Um, the coaching was good. It was fair. Um, it was challenging different, different angles. Like, I thought beyond the coaching, Daniel was kind of, he was kind of willing to move on from the from the, from the the spat he had with 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 Johnny, uh, but Johnny couldn't. 
and the other things that the coaching as well, like it was the use of visualization. And I know we spoke about that in a number of the podcasts in season one. He used visualization a good bit as well. So like when he was showing Robbie about the bonsai, the bonsai tree, and he I suppose Robbie was like, he was clicking on to him at this stage. What's the, what's the message here, you know? And the message, as Daniel said to him, he goes, you are the tree. Visualize what you want your future to look like and make it happen. So but everything he was doing with Robbie was was based on something that he wanted wanted him to learn. So that was basically it. There wasn't a huge amount of other coaching in that until the, the fight at the end, you know, where he was able to he was telling about getting the balance back in his life, which he'd learned from the tree and practicing the kicks. And he, he told Robbie about the kick that he was practicing himself, that he couldn't execute, about the two-legged kick, and Robbie was able to actually execute it in the fight. But like there was so much other like there wasn't a huge amount of other things that, that he was he was coaching in. As I said, like Johnny kind of had a six-episode head start on him. But as I said, we, we've gone through the Karate Kid. We looked at the coaching and Mr. Miyagi did. We rated him very highly. Um, I think we were ridiculing Crease at the time. And, and look, as I said, while they're both characters in the show, and I suppose Johnny's probably a fellow you'd, you'd more like to go out for a pint with on a, on a Saturday night. I think LaRusso is the one you'd prefer to have coaching your child. Like as I said, if you were a coaching officer in a club, which one of them two would you want? Would you want Daniel San, who's kind of a straight up guy, does everything by the book, very child friendly, or would you want Johnny who drinks and drives, regularly drinks at the at the training in the training facilities, uh, was seen pissing in the back of his car because there was a, a name on it. Throws littering, breaking glass, throwing empty bottles, beating up children, drinks and drives. You know, there was just a litany of stuff that that he, I suppose, are negatives, you know. And I said, if you were a parent or a coaching officer in a club or a club chairman and you're getting one or the other, which one would you rather have as are a coach? You, are you saying Johnny wouldn't pass the guard of Eton? I said, Johnny'd struggle, you know. And, and like, look, it goes into a lot of things, like as I said. Like, I know Johnny was probably Okay, starting. no Johnny Bashan, now we'll stop. We can yeah, Johnny Bashan. no Johnny Bashan, sorry. But no, like, look, not, I, think, I think Daniel had a lot of things going for me. He was a good family. Yeah, hang on a second. Like, when he has to use negatives against Johnny to explain why Daniel is great, he's already already on a loser. Why would that be like, Hang on a second. What was Chaz Michael Michaels doing in Lades of Glory? He was getting stoned with the Woodland Fairies. Yes. And that's the kind of character Johnny Lawrence was, sound. And I said, I, I'd like to go, I'd say he'd be good crackle for a pint. Yeah. But and if you were to re, if you were to put down your six-year-old son or five-year-old son into the care of one of these two coaches, who I, would you pick? I tell you who I'd, I'd, I'd pick. I'd pick we'll get there. Hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, we'll get there. We're, we're, getting, we're attacking each other here now, okay? We just need to take a deep breath and we'll refocus. Now, I'm disappointed you, Paul. You didn't mention probably the best line in the whole film from Johnny when Hawk goes, doctor says I may be on the spectrum. And Johnny goes, I don't know what that is. So we get better off get it. off it. <laughs> yeah, look, there was, there was numerous lines in it that are extremely funny and I laughed at, but we don't need to be, to be re-saying them out loud. <laughs> no. Okay, right. I'm going to guest Paul. First, they have a go at dismantling Daniel and Cullum's support for him. Okay, 
So, and if you want to throw it as anything as a question to Colm, you may. Yeah, no, we can, we, can, we can work towards that, right? So one of the things you talked about, and I, and I was actually impressed that you brought it up, was that Daniel hasn't changed his coaching style since Mr. Miyagi, right? But in, in, he, and he hasn't changed his style. But you talked about Crease when you were talking about that. And Johnny has completely changed the coaching style and the coaching mantra of Cobra Kai away from what Crease was about. You know, he did show mercy and he, he showed extreme sportsmanship at the end of the All Valley Championships, despite the best efforts of Daniel LaRusso to dismiss him. And just when we're talking about the All Valley Championship and we're talking about a coach, right? Daniel LaRusso left Robbie high and dry. Oh, yeah. You know what? First round, second round, quarter final, semi final. Yeah, you'll just work away yourself. And the, the ego involved in Daniel LaRusso because he was sponsor and a former champion at that competition. The, the, just the ego around in like and, and it was it was a throwback to oh LaRusso's gonna fight and it's LaRusso's gonna coach you know it, it was just a scandal that he wanted to get involved at that final stage and looking for all the praise then he actually had a in the semi-final whoa whoa typical typical Daniel LaRusso move and how I would describe that move is it's kind of akin to the way Leo Varadkar has dealt with some of the recent government. We will not get any Irish political. Hang on, leave him finish. Leave him finish. Let him incriminate himself. One of the things that, it, like, it, it, it was really like the way Leo Varadkar has dealt with the government announcements. That when there's good news there, yeah, I'll be up the front. But when there's bad news to be given out, nowhere to be seen. Right, and there was just in all the actions. LaRusso done throughout, there was underhandedness. There was just underhandedness, right? Like giving him the car, there was underhandedness there. Oh, everything. Everything was, was done in a manner, in a degrading manner by him. Ask the question, who got the W? Mossy, who won? Who won the All-Valley Championships? Johnny's Miguel. protege. Yeah, Miguel. Miguel won it, right? I suppose that indicates that possibly he's a good coach. Start Did you think that Johnny was going to give the trophy to his son at one stage? No, he wouldn't be like that. That'd be, that'd be a Daniel LaRusso move. That would be a Daniel LaRusso move where, oh, do you know what? You tried really hard. Come here. We'll have medals for first place and second place. No, not the way it works. Why was Johnny holding the trophy? To allow the players to celebrate and, and, and the fighters to celebrate amongst themselves and to take the attention off the trophy and let them enjoy the moment. That's exactly why he done it, Bossy, okay? But Miguel, Miguel ran off away from the team straight away, looking for his ex-girlfriend. No, he didn't, okay? He was he, looking for her. Look, another thing about Daniel Russo, the way he pronounced Nissan really upset me. He called it Nissan, and it's like, it's Nissan. That's just, that's just a small little oh, bit. We say, we say Nissan down here. Down where? In Cork. You all say was down there. So. Yeah, look, you know what? <laughs> it's, ju it's just an issue. I I I'm not going to get into a whole lot more because I don't want to completely degrade the man. Like, he he's, he's not for me. And he's just not for me. It's all about him rather than Dennis, Dennis students. And, like, 
could see how emotional he was getting with his wife around around the whole thing. Just n- not good. Underhandedness. Not the type of fella you want coaching your children. Okay. Cullum. <laughs> Somebody pick Cullum off the floor, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, Cullum, I suppose, you can, look, Johnny, Johnny now. Johnny, like, Johnny, we see it very early. Very early. He, he, he is a tormented soul, the poor fella. And I like, you know, the sympathy goes out to him as the film goes on, you know, because in fairness, I think he's trying to change to be more like Daniel, uh, to have a bit of empathy for the for, for the opposition, empathy for everybody, you know. Um, but like LaRusso's living in Johnny's head rent free for 30 years. And it's an awful way for poor old Johnny to, to have to be that he's that obsessed with LaRusso. And in fairness, like if you're going to be using Iron Eagle as an inspiration, like Iron Eagle, you don't even, I don't know, have you, have you any of you seen it? It's a poor man's Top Gun. Came out the same year and it, it grossed one twentieth of what Top Gun did. Yeah, and Colm, that, see, it's, no, you, you can't belittle other things. That is a cult classic film, right? Cult as it may be, as I said, it's a poor man's Top Gun. Yeah, but no, here, see, you're, you're similar to LaRusso there. You're just all about the big bang and you don't really care about the small man anymore. It's a slanderous accusation, though. Well, it was said. I'm thinking you may have to re- retract that. But look, I think Daniel, Daniel moved on from Johnny in the past, you know, and like he does him a solid, fixes his car for him for free because he can see that Johnny's not, not in a great state, uh, I suppose, emotionally. You know, and I thought, I thought uh, there was one mean thing that Daniel did to him in episode one when he said, uh, just at the end, when when uh, Johnny was about to leave the showroom, he goes, uh, Johnny, good to see you. You look, it's great to see you, man. Um, you know, he couldn't even he couldn't even say you look great because the poor old fella, he just didn't. You know, he was, I suppose he was borderline alcoholic at that stage and all that, you know. Functional. But look, functioning alcoholic. I thought, I thought Lawrence, like, look, he was, you talked about pronouncing Nissan wrong. The man didn't know what advertising was, you know, like Johnny, Johnny was, he didn't know what Facebook was. He was just like he was in a cage, a glass cage of fear. Yeah, look. <laughs> For the last, we, we last 30 stop, years. We should try, stop trying to use them two, sentence them two phrases because they don't work. I look, think, I, I think, I think you, we'd all be better off if we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have the level of social media that's out there and level of advertisement that's out there polluting people's brains. We'll try, we'll try to stick to facts here rather than opinions. So look, I think again, like, you know, Daniel, in fairness, he was, he was doing Johnny a solid, you know, he could see that he was in a bad state, bad phase of his life himself. You know, even the time he met him in the shop, he paid for his beer. And you know, and the other thing with no, Daniel, no, no, no. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Did he not pay for his beer? He said, "Yeah, but he done it excuse me. Something in a degree. It's, it's, excuse me. It's, it's a yes, no answer, Paul. It's a yes, no he answer. Free, he paid for his beer. Okay, so you can look at it whatever way you want, but that's what happened. He paid for his beer. Um, uh, he, paid for his beer after intentionally raising his rent by two grand a month. Um, yeah, Daniel, so, Daniel doesn't own the dojo. He couldn't put up the rent. Yeah, but did, he bragged did, to his wife at home in bed about did, doing it. Did Johnny accept the beer that was paid for him, yes or no? Johnny, Johnny did accept the beer. But anyway, look, I think, I think with Daniel as well, like, you know, Daniel has a bit of honour for the past, you know, and he, he respects he respects the dead, you know. He went to Mr. Miyagi's grave and he spent time there. Johnny was going around saying that Crease was dead, which was a lie, you know. And how could you use that? 
to say for your own gain to see someone else's date you know so it just it just tells you the type of character you're dealing with but look i think he he tried to improve now i also think with johnny like i know you spoke about it in glowing terms but he belittles kids he mocks them and he targets their insecurities about lip uh, what did he call tits he called the, the slightly overweight young man crater face was another name he had for a fella like you know he said to Hawk, even well before he was hockey, like he said, Can't you get surgery for that? Anything would be better. Poke out your eye, get a face tattoo, you know. Like for someone like who did have an insecurity and to have it, I suppose, exaggerated like that in front of his peers, and because they were his peers, those are those people that were in the dojo were the, the likes of Eli and Elijah that were and Miguel at the start, they were. The perceived nerds of the school you know so to have to be able to be little like that in front of them was even such a such a low thing but look i think other flaws that i talked with johnny was that like he gave he, he gave miguel spirits strong alcohol at one stage you know i think we spoke about it with coach carter and mr miyagi and karate kid about the negativity associated with giving an underage person alcohol and, and i thought he also put them in danger you know he put miguel in danger when he came, when he threw him into the pool uh, with a warning and tied his hands, you know, like if Miguel couldn't get out of it, was he would said, this is the last time I'm pulling you out. Was that a threat or was it going to, was he actually going to not pull him out? And also I think at the junkyard when he, when he had the dogs chasing him, like there was no, there was no safety net there. If a dog got one of the children there, what would have happened? Was a child going to get mauled by a dog? There was no one with a, a taser or a rope or a leash to hold the dogs back. So you could see how he put them in danger a lot, which, which was not ideal. He had a habit of drinking in front of them at the dojo inside in his office. He had a, a fridge just for beer, which I think is a nice nice touch. But it's not, not an ideal situation for, for kids to be seen, I suppose, the regularity of alcohol in someone's life. I thought other things that Daniel did. I thought Daniel brought him in for breakfast that time, the time that they were going to throw down late in episode night. Well, the wife did, but Daniel still brought it. He was in Daniel's house, and Dan, they, were, they were civil there. And I thought there was before that... You could see that there was uh, similarities in them, you know, and I know you said it already, Matthew, that there's probably a lot of similarity, things, similar traits to them. But for whatever reason, they're just they're just on a different side and they just have that innate disliking for each other. But when they spend time with each other, they could they could see the I suppose the similarities, they could see a bit of themselves in the other person. I also think that like Daniel as well, like, you know, he was gracious when they did lose you know that he was able to able to say well, you know you got what you wanted Johnny you won and Johnny was willing to do anything to get to W and I know we've spoken before that yeah like there's only there must have been 16 kids into that tournament at least and there was only going to be one but did Miyagi do get well represented by Robbie performing to the best of his ability with uh, the limited with the injury he had so you know, as I said, if we go by winning and losing, yeah, Johnny's a better coach, but I suppose one out of one win out of one. I'd be interested to see where they go next year and how the Miyagi do changes. Look, you're, you're talking about Johnny there surrounding, putting the, the students in danger, etc., et with the junkyard and, and the swimming pool. The area where improvement really happens is right on the edge of failure. It's not over in your comfort zone where you're snipping bonsai trees and you're cleaning cars. It's where there's potential danger involved. That's where learning happens. That's very good. Must write that down. So what, are you going to have teams training on the, the edge of a, up on top of a 
10 story building passing slitters around and no no that's that's silly and that's reckless that's letting dogs not hungry dogs guard dogs not chasing kids around a junkyard not be reckless Did any of them get hurt I don't know I presume there was a few bumps and scrapes I don't think anyone's and, yeah there was a few bumps and scrapes and he also had a first aid kit in the in the fridge beside the, the bottles of course so he was prepared to sort out people if they got hurt no doubt also his initial engagement was stopping the bullies for picking on Miguel but like what what has he qualified first I'd say he's unlikely to have qualified first aid to be able to patch up any children to get mauled by a dog like you're just presuming they're not oh, I'm presuming but you're looking yeah, look. Look, he's he's just shaping the argument to suit himself. Like it doesn't it doesn't really work like that. That's exactly how it works. Well, no, it's not. You can't you I'm can't judge things. No, you can't judge things that didn't happen on screen. Did he put the kids' like, lives in danger? With the okay, the only person who there was anything about red tape on and operating a proper business was Johnny Lawrence. Whereas, and you keep talking about Miyagi Do. Miyagi Do didn't come into it in the first series. It was Miyagi Do at the end. He was fighting. Yeah, no, no, it was yeah. no. He'd never trained in Miyagi Do. Yes, but it was he never trained in Miyagi Do. So it was like it was like an illegal transfer. He was after joint, playing playing as a banger for a local club. So it's kind of like Coffee Black in Semi Pro. Similar and just as farcical. I wouldn't say it's just as farcical. I'd imagine the the rules of karate. And uh, the All Valley Championships would say if you're affiliated to uh, any club, it's all good. I thought the two characters sort of remind me of two football clubs. I didn't want to mention any GA clubs because it might upset somebody. I thought Johnny was like, say, Leeds United. Had their glory days in the past and fell in very hard times. Like this. And now starting to make inroads again. I believed LaRusso is maybe like Manchester City. Um, came from nowhere, did well for himself, found a bit of money as an success way, but does he forget where he came from? It's interesting you mentioned the money there because Johnny is the one who came from money. That's what I said. Leeds had their glory days in the past, in the 70s, mm. went through rock. Yeah, but see, I wouldn't, say Man City, I, I wouldn't say Johnny or Daniel is like uh, Man City in that because uh, Daniel is no, a self, self-made Daniel's. man. Yeah, and I, what I'm saying is Daniel is a self-made man like Man City. Man City is like what happened Johnny when his mother married, yeah, remarried into, into money. And he went from one state to another. Like, I, I, geez, I'm trying to think now, like what, what soccer club? Moxie, to be honest with you, I think your analogy was absolutely perfect. And I'd look at it from a <laughs> Who are you going to follow in the Premiership this year? Leeds or Man City on a given day? Leeds. I won't answer that. Yeah, you see, I, I still think the analogy is wrong because, like, as I said, if, like, who would be the self-made darlings of English football that climbed up and would it be Leicester City a few years ago? All of a sudden, they got a lot of money for winning the league that time, obviously. But they got, you know, there, it, was all, it was all investment as well, Colm. Was it? Yeah. But they is there any soccer team, they, is there any soccer it. teams that are genuinely like Daniel Reluso then the self-made man, made his own money, made his own started his own business, came from nothing? Your Bournemouth, they're not relegated now. Brighton to a certain extent, Burnley, but nothing went up to the top. Southampton maybe. But the one thing that I was trying to figure out during the film, if it was the fiftieth anniversary and Daniel only won that tournament once, what was so special about his victory compared to the other forty eight winners? 
compared to Johnny. Did Johnny win it twice? No, once he won it in junior year. Uh, and the other thing that, taught, that caught me about that is why did they change it from December to May, the hosting of the All Valley Championships? Because in, uh, in the Karate Kid, it was 19th December, I think, and now it's, uh, it's in May. That's a, that's a big change like for a season, for something to be changed that much. Uh, I was like the time they switch age groups from July to January. Okay, fair enough. And uh, the changing of the colour of the mats as well was an important aspect. Okay, anything else before we wrap things up from the show that you liked or disliked or thought that from a coaching point of view that is similar to aspects that you might see in yourself or see in others? Look, one of, one of the things I really liked in it was I just thought there were some excellent one-liners in it. And you know what? Like, would I recommend people to watch it? I'm going around telling people to watch it all the time. I think there's, it's funny. I think there's a lot of inappropriate things that aren't PC, but I think that's the real beauty of the show is that it isn't PC in in, in a lot of what it does. And it's harping back to that time, that kind of 1980s time where things were said, but they weren't said with the intention of being damaging, you know? And everything, like, We'll say everything, the old stuff is as it seems and the new stuff is a little bit of... But is, is that you, Paul, to the fact that, that Johnny obviously has a large portion of his life which is a write-off? That, like, you know, as I said, he's, we were talking about he doesn't know what Facebook is, you know, advertising. He was, like, looking at Miguel going, what's advertising, you know? Like, obviously, Johnny went through a, a dark spell and, you know, even his comment, I think it was, I think it was near, nearly even the opening scene, when Miguel came to meet him outside drinking the mangoes, uh, uh, not more immigrants, you know, and it was just, has he been so far left behind that society has moved on to a stage where that's not acceptable comments? Like, well, it's acceptable if you're the Ku Klux Klan, like, but there was, there was a number of things like that, and even just like the way he talked to the kids and about off the spectrum and stuff like that. Like, is it just a case that he he did, let's say, let's, let's just look, let's say a functional alcoholic, whatever he was for the last 20 years. He had, he had a child 16 years ago. She left him. She obviously didn't like him the way she talked about him. Um, he's ex, I don't know, was he married or just a partner? Um, Robbie's mother, you know, she, she didn't have any time for him. And Robbie didn't have any time for him. So obviously he was in a, I suppose he was, he was AWOL, you could say, for a large amount of it. Yes, you're you're probably right in a lot of what you're saying there, but again, you're looking at it from one perspective only. Um, like I don't think his wife was particularly nice, and that came across throughout the throughout the show. Johnny definitely had more redeeming character traits than his wife. You know, I got to throw something out here now, um, which you can't use, Cullum, because you didn't bring it up in your speech. Is the development of Robbie Keane from the show which Daniel well, yeah, created the other thing was the development of Johnny himself like he, he really grew as a, as, as a coach and as a person as the, as the show went on can you just remember your batting for oh, Daniel no. here yeah but sure look here just look out the, the things that were, that were good about it like that that was important that like he was obviously coaching the same way he was coached and it's 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 a flaw that a lot of coaches have in that a lot of the time that that kind of coaching is outdated and you would have seen it when Miguel would have tried to correct him a lot of the time when they were doing stuff in the gym, especially when there was others there. So he actually developed himself as the coach throughout it. And, you know, the challenge at the end 
when he was saying no mercy and then when his son was actually getting hurt, he was kind of saying, you don't win by cheating, you know? Um, so for him to be able to get from the, the crease-driven Cobra K to the current Cobra K that he had at the end. Cobra Kai. Uh, yeah, but the, the insurance fella called it Cobra K. So it just, it, I, thought it was, I thought it was an interesting development. And like, I think, you know what, he, he kind of spurred Daniel on to get back involved. Daniel obviously hadn't done any coaching either. And the two of them had done no coaching in between. Um, well, Daniel obviously did a bit with his daughter. But none of them had, it's, it's like a player finishing up at 35 and not getting involved until he's 55. And there's 20 years of development of the game. Um, no, it obviously didn't develop that much because they got the two fighters into the into the finals after very minimal coaching. So obviously the quality in the All Valley has dropped dramatically since the since the mid eighties. But the I, TV I show wouldn't be great if they both knocked out in the first round. So <laughs> uh, maybe they should have had a, like a D championship or something uh, where they, they they get to the beginners if they're the beginners championship or something. But so yeah, look, I, I thought I actually thought it was really a really good show. I thought you know I thought it was really really funny actually when Miguel was cleaning the window and he was like, "Is there any way you want me to do this?" Insane, and he's like, "No, I don't give a fuck." And uh, you know you can just see the difference between him and Daniel, whereas Daniel is like methodical and just so you do it, and you know and Johnny is just kind of I don't, I don't care how you do it go in and clean the toilets you know yeah and, and when he says go in and clean the toilets make sure you do it on your hands and knees yeah so little things like that um, I, thought, I thought I thought it was a great show I, I really enjoyed it okay um, I'm going to ask you both the same question here Paul you can answer first do you see yourself as a coach more as a Johnny or more of a Daniel everything you have traits of of different people and look there's things look in all seriousness there's things Johnny done that are ridiculous that I'd have no time for but yet there was things he done I thought were really good and look Daniel Dunn. okay 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 enough cut him same question I probably see myself more like Daniel yeah just from the point of the the clean shaven nice guy uh, well yeah like probably you know it's, it's probably a bit like that um, what about you what, what, what do you see yourself like Moss you don't ask questions of the judge yeah, well, we can ask you this because you're not. This is not a judging question. Would you see yourself more of a Daniel or a Jenny? I would be more of uh, Daniel. Well, is it true you named your son after Daniel's son? No. <laughs> I like the the other thing that I thought as well. Like, and I'm just thinking, like, which one is better or which one did better? Like, if Miguel was with Johnny or with Daniel. I don't think Miguel would have had the confidence that he had. And I don't think he would have done some of the things like, you know, like the go after the girl, strike first and just kind of don't be aggressive in what you do and even flip the script, like as he said, talk. But would you rather your daughter come home with someone like that's been coached by Johnny with that kind of mindset or someone who's been coached with Daniel, which is a bit more, I don't know what the word is, more humane. I don't know. Like if you're a coaching officer, which one would you prefer to have as one of your coaches? Which one would you prefer to have to be dealing with? If you were a parent of a child, which one would you rather coach your child is is part of a coaching group with? And then said, if you yourself were were a child, which one? I suppose that's the other side. Which one would you rather be with? And there's pros to both. If if Robbie was coached by Johnny, his dad, he yeah. may the character that he was may have used his new skills in the wrong way where Miguel if he's coached by Daniel may not have come out of the shell 
So I think it just show. I think it just shows that personalities develop certain players. A certain coach will get more out of a certain player than another. Like you often see players who maybe nothing happened with their career, like professionally or in in GA or whatever, and then a new coach comes in and they get something out of them. And you're thinking, why is that? It's just the character of the coach and the relationship they have. I think a lot of it goes back to the relationship a coach has with the player. Yeah. And who would you say, would you say Johnny or Daniel had a better actual relationship with their student? I think Johnny Miguel wanted to please Johnny more. He wanted, like he was willing to do nearly anything for Johnny. Actually, he was willing to do whatever Johnny said where Robbie still didn't have the balls, basically, to confess that he was Johnny's son to yeah. Daniel. Like, they were both searching for a father figure, essentially, as well, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. And as I said, that Robbie didn't get as far with Daniel. He didn't just couldn't say it, maybe because he had other ulterior motives as well, where um, Miguel just trusted Johnny completely. It, it, just one other thing just there on that connection between we'll say the, the karate student here in, in this circumstance and the coach in, in, in the coaching bubble there Wayne Goldsmith was on and he talked about coaching is the art of inspiring change through emotional connection and they both done it in different manners but there was both emotional connection with, with, with both of them there you know and it like that changed us take different forms with, with depending on the dynamic between the, the coach and the and the athlete or the player or whatever it is, you know? I haven't seen Series 2 yet. So I'm expecting Johnny and Daniel to come together, create their own gym and dominating the world of karate. Right. <laughs> or miles off. <laughs> season, two, season 2 is, is, is good as well. Very enjoyable. Like I, I think there's, like I said, there, there's huge similarities with them, but they're just coming from completely different sides. And I think Massey, what you, what you probably seen in season one is that they, they probably got closer to similar to each other in a lot of the things that they were doing. You know, as I said, you might talk about the cynicism of Daniel with some of his, his motives, um, but also the Johnny's. I suppose more empathetic the way he's he was more empathetic as the as the show went on. But the other thing as well, like, is that when you look at the start when Johnny did after Miguel beat the crap out of the boys in school and there was a big turn up at his he's at the dojo, that there was a massive rate of attrition very quickly. Would that have happened in Daniel's gym? Would that many people have been turned off karate straight away? And is the job is well I won't say the job, but is the role of the coach important in ensuring that kids stay in play um, Co- Coach Carter Coach Carter he lost a number of his players he was 20% but I think this was well over 50 but the other thing look as I said the ones he that stayed maybe they got to see the real Johnny a bit more like Miguel obviously like Miguel had the best relationship with him in that Miguel was actually seeing, seeing Johnny at home essentially he was seeing the real the person not the sensei, uh, sensei. I don't know he called him sensei all the time but he was actually seeing the person as well, as uh, as well as the sensei, but he was able to differentiate, whereas a lot of the people who came in, and if that's your first instinct, or if that's the first thing you do at, at the karate, is turn half of them off straight away, could, could it do better? I put, it, I put it this way, if they all went to him in, in episode 10, um, or after episode 10, in the first episode of season two, let's say, 
a lot of them would have stayed in comparison to episode five whenever it happened. But would the others have stayed? The ones he he kept. I think so, yeah. Because I think they were they were actually able to see what he was actually like. I think they got to know him and got to see the person behind it as a small bit. And that but would have Hawk stayed if he was still going to be flip the switch. Yeah, flip the switch. Should he be, you know? I don't know, man. Hawk was the greatest transformation of a character in the history of fucking TV. I've never seen anything like it. The man was he wouldn't have peep out of him. Um, not since not since Shawn Michaels gave Gennetti. sweet chin sweet chin music <laughs> of Marilyn Gennetti through the barbershop window. Yeah. Has it been such a heel turn? <laughs> but it was like it was a complete transformation. I know he's here got so long as well, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. Who do you think has a nicer game? Cobra Kai or Miyagi Do? Has a nicer what? A nicer gi. Cobra Kai's gi is is good. Yeah, <laughs> I like the sleeveless stuff. Does, does is that legal? Is, is the sleeveless stuff actually? I wonder is it actually legal? Because I presume that there's a bit of grappling. Is there a bit of grappling, or is that just judo? Judo. Okay. Yeah. Now some of the action scenes I thought were uh, they were good the first time I watched them, and the second time I watched them. Oh, <laughs> it was like what about Larusso yeah. nicking the bulba out of uh, Cole's hand? Yeah. D- that kick was horrific. Like, it was horrific. It, it was like got the target, got the target. Oh, it was like at knee level, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was bad. It was a bad kick. He struggled, all right, didn't he? Yeah, but sure, he wasn't practicing at that time. Like you know, it's like it's like if I let me know to practice, um, you're going to lack a bit of mobility in those kind of things. But I like I thought that was that like that died fairly quickly. That whole uh, that I suppose side argument that was there to start. We didn't hear from your man ever since. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, it was. It was just like there does be a, a, a throughout season one and season two. There does be a small little bit of filler every so often. That's not properly developed upon. Yeah, sure. it, was, it was just pointless to be honest with you. She amended on the strip mall. Um, they have two, three scenes in it. Mm. That was it. But uh, no, good show. Good show. Definitely recommend it. And like when you look back at Karate Kid, and I thought flashbacks the way they they linked in the flashbacks, I thought was excellent. Um, because oh, if you if you didn't see Karate Kid, you could actually understand it a bit. And I haven't seen Karate Kid too, but you've seen that part where where Chris was choking him out. Um, that was actually it was actually supposed to be the final scene in the Karate Kid, the first one. Um, but they said producer or did or whatever just said once the he said we did it or I think Daniel after he won the thing he said Mr. Miyagi we did it and that was the final scene but they were supposed Again, to do the, the other part and I thought so for someone who hasn't seen Karate Kid you don't need to see it Again the Karate Kid paid homage to Rocky nearly throughout the scene where Johnny was driving in the car playing all the flashbacks was one yeah. and then and then two, when he asked to fight Daniel, like at the end of Rocky Three, as a oh, yeah. rematch. So, yeah. Again, greatest film series of all time. What was your favorite uh, training montage in the whole thing? Because I know you're a big fan of montages, Paul. Uh, the one in the junkyard with Twisted Sister in the background was my favorite one. Muffy. Um, I just like the montage of when he went down to the original scene of 
them fighting over Ali on the beach. It wasn't really a training thing, but I like that little flashback. Yeah, and the, the, like even the flashback of Ali doing the, the playing up the football with her knees. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, the whole flashback though, but like the way he was explaining it and what happened, you know, like I got sucker punched, uh, but that was after you threw your man to the ground, and you know, it, it was it was it was cool. But I thought my favorite part was in there actually, Daniel and. Robbie were in the woods, um, you know, and they were out on the, the jetty and stuff like that. Um, I thought that was a nice and scenic. I was wondering, like, because it was the the light was shit was very different in a couple of those scenes. Like, they must have been there for that. I thought they were camping overnight or something. It looked like a dusk at one stage, but maybe that was just the uh, the angle. It might have been, it might have just been cloudy. Child protection issues there. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. But that was hot. That was in Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid, and right the way through Cobra Kai as well. Yeah. 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 I wonder, do they have to join a protection course, though? No, no. Might be different in America. Right. Massey, are you judge, jury, and executioner, or are we putting it out to the people? I have, I have my opinion. I have my opinion, but I'm going to throw it out to the uh, public vote on Twitter, and maybe we might get a... F- if anyone wants to send us their thoughts about it, please do. And yeah. we'll, just we'll, a quick aside on that, Mossy. Right? If you follow Cobra Kai on Twitter, every so often Johnny Lawrence tweets off it, but he signs off with a snake, and it's it's very funny stuff. He gets banned after about five tweets yeah, to yeah, take yeah, it back he, off him. Yeah, <laughs> give us that back, and they change the password on him. Thanks for joining us today. Please leave a review on your favourite platform and if you enjoyed it, tell a friend. You may also want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Roy Orbison Tattoo and we appreciate any likes, retweets and comments. Next week, we are starting Season 2. Join us as we go through 12 new films where we analyse the coaching in the films. It'll be online first thing Tuesday morning and keep an eye on social media for one of these. Thanks everybody. <laughs>